Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I'm your host, Martha Reddick, and this week I'm so excited because Katie Leineke is back. <laughs> hey, Katie. Hi, Martha. How are you? I'm doing really well, especially with you here. Excellent. Thank you so much. I am also well and excited to be here. Great. Good teamwork. It makes the dream work. It does. It truly <laughs> does. Um, this week we are going to be talking about nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. This book was recommended to me and Katie mm-hmm. um, by Pascal Brady, mm-hmm. uh, who has been on a few episodes in the past. Um, I am blanking on which ones. I, Tool, yeah, tools, uh, overcoming, it's like power struggles basically power with parents struggles. and children. Yeah, with um, parents and children. Although I think I actually heard about it separately from you. Oh, okay. Because we had talked about it and then Pascal recommended it and then you read it. I had heard about it on a different podcast, which mm. is like a relationship podcast, the I Do podcast, uh, and they recommended nonviolent communication for help with your adult relationships, and you and I had discussed it. My roommate read it, mm-hmm. um, and then she was like, it's great, because she also listened to that podcast, and then you and I discussed it, because you had heard about it from Pascal, great. and you read it and bought it for me, and yeah. now I read it. Yay. Sometimes I will message Katie, and I'll be like... <laughs> Hey, want to <laughs> do a book club about this book? <laughs> and uh, the answer is always yes. So, yes. And so we did that almost a year ago. Yeah, it's been a long time, or actually. a few years, maybe I, even two. I feel like it was, a, it was, maybe you got it for me for my birthday. Yeah. Uh, so May. Yeah. Um, anyway, it doesn't super matter, but we have been, uh, <laughs> <Only> matters. <laughs> we've been using this technique with our nanny kids for I would say at least a year mm-hmm. if not more mm-hmm. and um, with adults in our life and with adults in our life yes it's been very sure. helpful it's been so helpful so if you have not read this book yet great because we're going to talk about it and give you <laughs> a summary but I would also say it's well worth your time yes. to read the whole thing yes um or I'm, listen online is it on audible yes. did you listen on audible yes I own the physical book and I also <laughs> own it on Audible. That's how much I love this book. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so yeah, let's start by talking about what is nonviolent communication. Yeah. Um, so nonviolent communication, there are two steps to it, basically. 
the if you really really want to boil it down Mm -hmm. the first one is expressing yourself honestly and the second one is receiving information empathically I I almost I was telling Martha I was like I'm going to try to say empathetically the whole time (laughs) um so I'm going to have to really think about which word I'm trying to use yes um but in within those two broad steps there are several smaller steps yes um and it's also it's directed towards connection. Mm-hmm. So throughout the whole, everything that we're saying, the goal is to connect with another human being. Mm-hmm. And it was originally, the book is written and written, <laughs> written, uh, the book is written by Marshall Rosenberg. Uh, and it was developed by him during the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. But then it was also influenced by Carl Rogers, who mm-hmm. was a psychologist. Um, and he was h- hugely influential in the psychology. Mm-hmm. You've heard, you may have heard of Rogerian mm-hmm. uh, therapy, and yeah. that is empathetically listening. Isn't, I was going to say reflective listening. Yeah, reflective yeah. listening is Rogerian. His, yeah, he did a lot of research about it too, right? Yes, yeah. and unconditional uh, human regard Mm -hmm. so like no matter what the client in front of you has done you regard them as a human yeah um, yeah. worth your time and attention yeah uh which is wild that you have to say that (laughs) that like that was groundbreaking and also (laughs) makes so much sense and also makes so much yes because how quick are we as humans to disregard or label i um am a big hater of the word basic I Uh really hate it when people say that um, about other humans I think it disqualifies you're basically um, breaking down another human and being like I already understand everything there is about you because you like pumpkin spice or whatever you like Um, and I find that so insulting that you could write off another human who has a rich inner life complex emotional desires and feelings and I think that when we start labeling people in the early Uh, childhood education world they Mm -hmm. say like labeling is disabling and that's Mm -hmm. also something that shows up in this book time and time again right is you can't really listen to someone if you have labeled them or have a preconceived notion about what's right or wrong about them Mm -hmm. and there's no way you can really understand them if you already have that wall up of being like well you did the wrong thing or you don't know because you like pumpkin spice or yeah Yeah, and I I will also say as we go through, if you are hearing some things that you do, yes, please forgive same yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, was, first of all, same all like yeah. still even after having read yeah. this, there are days where I'm like, oh boy, yeah, <laughs> I really, yeah, I really did not listen today very well at all. Yeah, um, because it takes a great amount of energy. Absolutely, and we're not trained to do this. No, that's the the reality. Is human relationships are the most important thing you will ever do having a relationship with a small child or your partner or your family. And guess what? There's no class on that really. They don't teach us that. Uh, And so it's, we're having to relearn all of these subtle programmings we've been given. And the reality is, is we're not good at it because we don't know. And until you start being willing to look, that's when you see it. Uh, I was telling Martha before we started, I was like one chapter I read, which is, uh, I actually have the book open right now. It's, (laughs) it's chapter nine, connecting compassionately with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's about internal violence towards yourself. And I uh, had told my roommate when I read this book, 
I started reading and I was like, whoop, whoop. It was like all me. And I was like, oh, this is the worst. I'm really awful to myself. And um, it was a real eye opener to see because I always thought of myself as being kind towards others. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you, Martha. She's like, mm-hmm, yes, you are. I'm going to read it very. as that. Thank you, yes, Martha. That was exactly what um, I was saying. But I wasn't being very kind to myself. And they talk about like internal violence does not equal external compassion. Right. So if you are being unkind to yourself, you're already living in a state of like basically fight, flight or freeze. And you can't because you're constantly worried about like, what does this mean for me? Am I doing something wrong? Because you're ready to attack yourself. Yes. And when you're thinking that way, you can't hear what someone else is saying. You're ready to blame yourself. Right. Yeah. And so as we go through, if you find moments like that, um, I encourage you instead of beating yourself up Mm -hmm. or being violent towards yourself uh, in the way that you talk, Mm -hmm. I encourage you to be grateful because you needed those protective measures at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So be grateful to what it has done for you. It's gotten you here. And then and you you're can, nailing it. And you're nailing it. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> and you can uh, let it go. Yes. As a Just like Elsa. Mechanism. Yeah. Let yes. it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go, girl. Yeah. Uh, and with all that said, I do want to highlight what nonviolent communication is not. Yes. Because I think that when we talk about kindness uh, versus being nice, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot there. And mm-hmm. so nonviolent communication is not about being nice mm-hmm. um it's it's about being real it's not about stifling intensity but transforming it into something that's helpful yeah so sitting in that intensity and transforming yeah. it um instead of being like no yeah well that's the <laughs> Shut thing it down. too is we try to package up these intense feelings we're feeling because we've been probably taught by society or our parents or what have you or mix of both um that these intense feelings, Mm -hmm. you need to put them away. You need to always behave. You need to be kind. Um, but the reality is, is kindness invites intimacy. Yes. And, um, there's, I I can't remember where I heard it, but it was not from me for certain. (laughs) I don't deserve credit for this. I think I read it many places actually, but they say, when you're thinking of being honest, you should let it pass through these three gates. Mm -hmm. Is it, uh, kind is it necessary and is it true? Right. And so if it's two of the three, you should probably say it. Yeah. And if it's only one, you probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's all three, you should definitely say it. Yes. Uh, because you need to be able to express yourself. And like when you live in hiding, you have no chance to connect with other humans. And something the book really highlights is... Um, you're more likely to get your needs met if you tell people what your needs are. Yes. So, and that's like, uh, what's the song, uh, lean on me where they say, um, (laughs) no one can fill those of your needs that you don't let's show. So if you're not telling people what's going on with you, people can't help you. Right. Yes. It's also not about changing other, uh, changing other people Mm -hmm. or getting them to do what we want. And Mm -hmm. I think especially as childcare providers, (laughs) uh, there's this, uh, 
idea of control. This trap that we fall into, (laughs) that we we have control over these tiny lives that we have been entrusted with Mm -hmm. and friends. We don't have control over (laughs) anybody, (laughs) which is actually really freeing. Yes, it is. I read this book and I read, um, I reread Super You, which Mm -hmm. you, Martha, had given to me (laughs) as part of our book club. Uh, and it's Which is actually, also very good. It's a great book. Emily V. Gordon wrote that. Yeah, and it's about the the well, that book's not about it, but they highlight it in both of these books. Is you don't have control over your partner, over that person in traffic who ran the red light. You don't have control over your boss or anyone else. Not your small child. Nothing. You have control over yourself, mm-hmm. and you have control over how you choose to react. You believe it or not, you even have control over your feelings when you really start acknowledging why you're feeling what you're feeling. Right. Because no one can, this is, was earth shattering for me as well. No one can make you feel anything, Mm -hmm. uh, that you don't choose to feel. And that sounds very foreign. Uh, (laughs) but I'm going to, I'm going to highlight it for you for a second. Yeah. I, if you tell me that you think I'm a racist, I'll be like, okay, like that won't make me sad. I know I'm not a racist, whatever. Uh, if you tell me that you think I'm an unavailable friend because I'm too busy, I will probably burst into tears Mm -hmm. because that's something I've already concluded about myself. So I'm allowing myself to feel that way because I'm like, yep, that's true. I've labeled myself as that. Uh, So you, if you think about your own life, I'm almost 100% sure (laughs) there will be things that people will say about you and you'll be like, that's not true. Like you'll know for a fact. Uh, but someone will accuse you of something you think might be true or you're afraid is true. And that will really hurt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've already agreed with them. You've already decided that's something you should feel sad about. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so, yes, if in using nonviolent communication, you are trying to create connection and understanding, not control or manipulate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll go into a little bit more about that and how you the actual nuts and bolts of how you communicate nonviolently with other people when you're requesting a change in action. Cause it doesn't mean you just take whatever people are behaving. Right. As. Which I think, yeah, that brings us back to the nice point mm-hmm. of it's not about being nice or accommodating mm-hmm. um, of everything yes. because that's not good for yeah. you either. Um, or the other person mm-hmm. in all honesty. And it's also not a technique or a formula. Mm-hmm. So we'll go over <laughs> some basic steps. Which is deeply challenging for someone yeah. like me. I'm like, just tell me how to do it right. Yeah. I just want to do it the way just tell that me you the say. exact words. <laughs> I like to do the math. Yeah, but you will hear Katie and I both talk uh, pretty extensively about ways that this has helped us Mm -hmm. and then also ways that we are still struggling with some of these concepts. Yeah, one of the things that um, really struck me about this book um, and this method of interaction is that we... So they talk about words that are actually violent words, um, and one of them or not one of them, one style of words are the ED feelings, which often aren't really feelings. So it's like this idea of, I feel attacked. That's actually, you're actually saying you attacked me. You're not actually expressing a way you feel, Uh, or I feel betrayed. That's actually saying you betrayed me, or I feel lied to. Those aren't really (laughs) feeling (laughs) words. So they, they recommend, uh, avoiding ED feelings because that that's actually an attack on the person you're talking to. And I really personally really struggled with that. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I don't know exactly how to say what I'm feeling. And really what it boiled down to for me was sad. 
And right. so that was the word that I chose to use when <laughs> I was expressing something. Because uh, I know mad's a secondary emotion. You use it to protect yourself when you're feeling something worse, like right. embarrassed or hurt or what have you. And so for me, it all really boiled down to sad. And I found even when speaking with adults, <laughs> if you can leave it, and adults that I've struggled to communicate with around feelings because either they're defensive from their own childhoods or what have you, uh, when I say, like, I'm sad, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, right. I don't want you to be sad. Like it's, And I'm not accusing them. I'm saying, I'm sad. I really wanted whatever this day to be different. Right. I... Um, and struggling with that. I know it's not your fault or what have you, even like siblings or mm-hmm. things like that. It's a, it goes a long way it, because when you are sad, it's not necessarily their fault. Right. You're feeling something. Yeah. yeah not exactly. You made me sad. Right. I am sad. I feel sad. Yes. So let's go over um, kind of the, the four basic building blocks for when you're expressing yourself yeah for when you're expressing yourself so first you need to start with an observation so um that can be an observation of the other person Mm -hmm. um and their actions Mm -hmm. but it needs to be observable um like i noticed you yes i noticed you broke that crayon (laughs) today today yeah (laughs) earlier today uh, right before snack time, because mm-hmm. that is when I am most likely to break a crayon. <laughs> um, or it can be things that you observe um, about your, yourself, yourself, your own yeah, yeah. state, your own state. So, um, like, I feel sad. Yeah, like I noticed I feel sad. Um, so when I see, or I, I guess that's actually more your feelings. Yeah. Um, like, like almost accusatory of like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but for those observations, Mm -hmm. they are to be said without evaluation. Something. So, uh, in my preschool classroom, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a nanny and a preschool teacher. Uh, (laughs) I know we didn't, we didn't go over, but but they've heard it so many times. If you haven't listened to any of Katie's episodes, go back and listen to them all because they're all Um, amazing. So in my preschool classroom, a lot of times when uh, children are playing or we call it puppy play sometimes, and Mm -hmm. there's actually a real set of science out there about why we have that. Every um, species of animal has this kind of like rough and tumble play. Mm -hmm. And it's in theory, they think that it is designed to help you avoid a predator Um, because you're learning to wrestle, you're learning to fight, if you will, you're learning to run and hide. So like all these games that children play are actually beneficial evolutionarily, which is really fascinating when you look at child's behavior like that. Right. Uh, And really, honestly, all behavior Mm -hmm. is kind of beneficial in the EEA, as they call it, the environment of evolutionary adaption. So Ooh. yeah, anything like if you're irrationally afraid of bugs, mm-hmm. guess what? That's because your ancestors survived because they weren't like, look at my pet black widows. <laughs> I love them. They're the best. They uh, decorate my cave so yes, well. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So uh, these are my million brown recluses <laughs> and I love them. Um, so any like feeling like that is beneficial to your ancestors like long, long, long ago. Mm -hmm. So things like puppy play where they're like rolling around in the grass and you don't want them to, or they're like kind of striking each other, but they're playing. And if you were to walk up to them, they'd be like, we're having fun. 
So yeah, and everyone would probably exactly. say we're having fun. Yes, and so what I have said in before as a teacher is, um, it makes me feel afraid. Mm-hmm. I need you to be safe. I mm-hmm. need I need us to be safe because I don't want anyone to get hurt at school. I yeah. want I love you all. I want to protect you all. I know you're playing. I think that's great. Uh, we can we please play without touching each other. Yeah. Or let me show you. Uh, I use mm-hmm. the Martha's technique, <laughs> which is um, slow motion play. Uh-huh. Uh, if they want to touch each other's body or if they want to move in a regular speed, I ask them to put a body's length of space between them so they can pretend to punch each other, but without actually making contact. Because a lot of times that play is totally fine. Right. You're just. Until it's not. <laughs> exactly. Until somebody accidentally pops you in the face and yeah. then your fight or flight goes off mm-hmm. uh, and then you're, then everybody's hitting each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you were observing that, you yeah. could say. I feel it. For, yeah. When I see you all playing with physical touch yeah. or when I see you touching one another, yeah. it makes me afraid mm-hmm. because. That someone will get hurt. That someone will get hurt. Um, so yeah. It needs to be observable Mm -hmm. um, and it needs to be free Mm -hmm. from evaluation. Mm -hmm. And you can also just distance it from Mm -hmm. the evaluation, although it gets tricky. So (laughs) (laughs) um, so this is these are a couple examples of uh, observation with evaluation mixed in. You are too generous. The evaluation Mm -hmm. is really connected Mm -hmm. there, but it could be. Uh, when I see you give your lunch money to others, I think you are too generous. Mm. Um, and so that's includes the observable action and then the evaluation is later, um, which is still not what we're, I was not like, we're exactly. not to do, I was looking at you like, what do you mean, Martha? That's yeah. not what we talked about. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, yes, but it's better Mm -hmm. it's along the the journey towards free of evaluation yes and uh something they teach you again when you're going to school to Mm -hmm. work with children is um you should not ever label and their uh children are really great at picking up what you uh intentionally or unintentionally lay down for them Mm -hmm. we don't need to speak words over these children that imply that they are too much or too little of anything. Right. Uh, their society is going to try to do that. And we don't <laughs> need to. Our job as people in the lives of children uh, is to bolster them up to resist that and to know that there are no bad children. Uh, there are just choices that maybe aren't appropriate at this time or aren't safe. Right. And um, that's what we want to encourage in these little ones, right? We don't want them to go through life continually feeling uh, attacked by their inner dialogue, which has give, been given to them a lot of times by the people yes. around them. Yes, mm-hmm. that's so true. Mm-hmm. So here's some things that you can use to check your observation. Mm-hmm. Um, is my observation free of evaluation? So can my observation be recorded by the lens of a movie camera mm-hmm. or the mic of a tape recorder? Mm. It, and everyone would... yeah view it Agreed. the same way yeah yeah that that's, that's what happened uh, when you observe a classroom you're mm-hmm. supposed to write everything free of evaluation right so it's like it's really hard actually it's when so you're writing hard. it you'll be like um joe 
went to the pencil sharpener. He sharpens his pencils. Mm -hmm. Joe frowns. You're not supposed to say Joe is sad. That's evaluation. You're assuming that you know how Joe's feeling. Joe frowns. Joe takes his pencil out. Joe looks at his pencil. Joe sticks his pencil back in. Joe's eyebrows crease. You're not saying like Joe is thinking. That's you evaluating. You're making assumptions. So uh, it's really, really a challenge to do that, Mm -hmm. to not ascribe feeling. And the reality is, is you are uh, intuitive and that's Mm -hmm. part of why you're good at your job. So suspending your assumptions is very challenging. Mm -hmm. You can do it though because you're a boss. Yes. Yeah. And then the third check is, um, does my observation contain words such as always, never, whenever, consistently? So those absolutes, if they're in there, probably. You're using a judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Evaluating. uh, Something I really picked up about my family of origin Uh is uh, there are a lot, there's a lot of absolutes and there's a lot of internal self violence with absolutes. Yes. I always do this. I never get it right. Like all these. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting after having read this book, I've been calling my family out. I'm like, Hey, you don't get to talk about yourself that way. Just so you know, that's not okay. We're not going to talk poorly (laughs) about you. Not even you. Yep. Yeah. You don't get to do that. So some cues that can help you set yourself up for success are when I see, when I hear, Mm -hmm. when I recall seeing or hearing, Mm -hmm. Or when I imagine seeing or hearing, Mm -hmm. which that one is a little more tricky. So maybe, (laughs) uh, maybe don't do that until you've practiced. Yeah, that's like a 400 level class right there. (laughs) Yeah. So, but those are some ways that you can kind of cue yourself. So instead of Hank Smith is a poor soccer player, Hank Smith has not scored a goal in 20 games. Yes. I've been trying really hard. So children, um, naturally inclined to speak in the first way mm-hmm. and I've been trying to call them out on when they notice it mm-hmm. so I was driving these two kids to their swim lesson and one child was like this is a terrible song and I said <laughs> is it a terrible song because it made a lot of money and somebody likes it then uh-huh. and then the child said okay what I'm trying to say is I think it's a terrible song mm-hmm. and I was like okay why like right. asking children to be specific. And then another child had said something about this school we pulled up at. Uh, and she was like, this school's way too big. It's a terrible school. And I was like, interesting. Why do you think it's too big? Mm-hmm. And it was, they had no, they had never even been in the building before. <laughs> and it was a fantastic school. Right. Uh, so I was like, tell me more about why you think that. And it's like, it sounds like you're actually expressing an opinion mm-hmm. and that's different than a fact. Yeah. So Baker, there was Baker. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Baker is actually the perfect size school for the number of students they have. They have exactly the right amount of space for the uh, amount of children that they have. Right. And they specifically allow the number of children because of the square footage. And so it's kind of interesting to turn the child's lens to have them catch it so early to be um, aware of how they are forcing their opinion, they're molding their opinions into facts, which uh-huh. we do a lot as adults. Yes. Um, so they see that model. Yes. Well, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm calling them out on it all the time, Martha. <laughs> right. <That's- laughs> um, yeah. And it, it is also once you start evaluating your own lens, yes. uh, it makes a huge difference. Yes, absolutely. It's, and it's challenging to do. It is. Yeah. So, Give yourself grace. Lots of grace, yes. When you are playing with this because mm-hmm. 
it, it it's very challenging mm-hmm. and um and it's a journey it is. I, and I still certainly do it a lot yeah <laughs> I uh just met with someone the other day for lunch and she was telling me she had seen her therapist and um her therapist she was like if I could just get all my ducks in a row and her <laughs> therapist was like there are no ducks. <laughs> there are no ducks. There is no There's spoon. no row. You can't do... That's not even a thing you can do. Yeah. This is just what life is like. Mm-hmm. And so feeling like you could get something right all the time, just, I, I encourage you to treat yourself the way you treat a child learning a new task. Yes. Is that it's hard. It's not always going to work 100% of the time because you're a human. You're not a robot. Even mm-hmm. robots get it wrong. Yeah. Trust me, my Siri does that all the time. Um, and just, just oh, Siri, you know, just, oh, me, it's okay. Yeah. Let's try it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I also think that, um, yeah, looking for evidence mm-hmm. uh, of, of growth, of growth yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, beautiful. So observation is the first step, is observing the Mm -hmm. behavior which is great for nannies because we have lots of time that we can sit and observe behaviors in Mm -hmm. our kids um i mean not that much time but Mm -hmm. we have some yeah (laughs) well there and what's true is you often are paying attention to what the kids are doing even when you feel rushed you're noticing things about them or things that happened last week and here it is coming up again Mm -hmm. a week a, a week and a half later or what have you and uh, you are absorbing all of that. Right. So, so yes, that's the first step. Um, and then the second step is uh, expressing your feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and these need to be free of thought, um, which is <laughs> also, also very s- tricky, super <laughs> hard to do. So um, authentic feelings emanate from the heart and they express vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um our language, however, enables us to use the word feel when we are actually expressing thoughts. Mm-hmm. So examples are, I feel like you aren't telling the truth. Mm-hmm. That's actually a thought yeah, you're you should, evaluating. Yeah. They say, like, don't ever use like or that. I feel that. I feel like. That's a sign you're not actually expressing a feeling. You're distancing yourself exactly. with those words. Yeah. Um, or you're you're expressing an opinion as a feeling, mm-hmm. which is also not a feeling. Not that's a, a feeling. thought. Yeah. So, or I feel inadequate to raise my children. That's a perception of mm-hmm. yourself. So, uh, translated, it would be, I think I am inadequate to yeah. raise my children. Yeah. Um, because it's actually a thought. Yeah. Or I feel abandoned. That's back to what we were talking about before those ED words. It's an accusation. Yeah, yeah, that's an accusation. Um, and it's a perception of what others are doing to us. So I think that you have abandoned me mm-hmm. um, would be more accurate yeah. to what's actually happening. And they say too, like you're never supposed to, I, you know this from working with kids, you're not supposed to ascribe intent to your partner, your child, mm-hmm. anyone else. Really, because a lot of times we are telling ourselves this narrative, this lie, basically, Mm -hmm. about what we think is happening. Um, And the ego is really great at trying to maintain your belief about the way the world works. Yes. Um, And you need that. Did I mention (laughs) ego dystonic on our last podcast? I don't know, but Uh, tell us again. (laughs) So uh, I learned it from a therapist. And uh, it is about 
Ego dystonic is when the world is not behaving in the way that you expect the world to work. Mm -hmm. And that's very upsetting and tiring experience. And ego syntonic is when, I think these are the right words. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to write in and correct me. Yeah. Uh, is when you believe, when the world is working the way you think it is. And okay. that feels good. It's reaffirming. Um, when it's ego dystonic, it's a very chaotic mind space for you because yeah. you don't understand why things are happening this way. And so when you can give yourself that kind of like, okay, I might not be perceiving <laughs> what's actually happening the way it truly is. Yeah. You're basically ascribing a value judgment in your mind about whatever's going on. And I, I mean, Brene Brown is amazing yes. and, uh, I love, and I frequently use her, the story I'm telling myself mm -hmm. is that you are thinking this, Yeah. um, please help me work through yeah. this story and tell me what's true about it and what's not true about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that can be very helpful outside of nonviolent mm -hmm. communication. Yeah. And so like things like that with a child or a partner is I noticed you sound angry. Mm -hmm. I feel sad when people talk to me that way. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you would go on to the next step, Martha. Yes. Which is expressing your need. So universal human needs free of strategies. Mm -hmm. So um, examples are beauty, mourning, mm -hmm. like I'm mourning for something, not mm -hmm. like the daytime mm -hmm. morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd never have a need for that, truly. Yeah. <laughs> Just pass right over that one, go straight to the afternoon. Um, uh, another example is autonomy mm -hmm. or empathy safety. or safety or play mm -hmm. or support or to be valued. Mm -hmm. um, or to be heard sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that's yes. a big one. That's a huge one. Yeah. Community is a need. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so far to put the steps together, you would say when I see, hear, or notice, mm -hmm. so when I see you playing rough, mm -hmm. um, or touching each other in play, yeah, I feel, or you could say when I see you tackling each other, yeah. cause that's not a value judgment. Right. It's actually what's happening. Yes. When I see you tackling each other, I feel afraid <laughs> because, uh, I, I need Safety. Or, yeah, I have a need, I have for, a safety. need for safety and your safety. Mm -hmm. um, and then you end with a request, um, which is free of demands. Mm -hmm. So would you be willing to mm -hmm. play without touching each other? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and that is an example of it, mm -hmm. of the whole thing. Yeah. So now we're going to go back in and talk about the individual pieces a little bit more. But I wanted to like paint the whole picture. Yeah, before yeah, we... yeah. Um, so there are two ways of moving toward connection. Um, honestly expressing your own feelings and needs mm -hmm. is a huge first step. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one that we get caught on mm -hmm. a lot because you need ongoing awareness of your feelings yes which is a challenge because a lot of us say like oh no not today feelings yeah get right out of here I'd rather not yeah yeah and it's also you have to express vulnerability absolutely and that's really scary it's really scary yeah I think too I think the most 
powerful thing you can hold in your mind for this step, which is really challenging, is actually for both steps, for mm-hmm. both expressing honestly and receiving empathically, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, to come from a space of curiosity yes. towards yourself and towards others. Mm-hmm. When you're curious, you're not angry right? Um, towards yourself or towards <laughs> others. And when you're curious, you it's a sign of love and interest. And um, being curious about why you're feeling what you're feeling, even noticing things like, hey, my heart's racing right now. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or saying to somebody else, tell me more. That's my favorite. That's my catchphrase. Um, I think I learned it in an early childhood education class and Mm -hmm. I just started using it for everyone. It's Uh, so good. It is because sometimes people are expressing things to you and you don't really know why or what they want to say. Right. So like my roommate often will say something. I'm like, huh, tell me more. Yeah. And then she'll like elaborate on what she's feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I have a better sense of what she's what she's trying to express, what's going on with her. Instead of Um, moving forward with assumptions. Yes. Or sometimes kids, uh, I do it a lot in my (laughs) classroom. You'll be like asking a child, what do you see in this picture? And some kids, it's like a picture of, you know, Sunday and what's the pointillism one Sunday in the park. And, uh, (laughs) this kid was like, I see a hot dog. (laughs) And, uh, this is when I was student teaching and the teacher was mad about it. Um, and later I was like, tell me more, tell me more about the hot dog. And he pointed out a spot in the painting where it looked like a hot dog. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But it's one of those things where that child wasn't wrong. Right. He was telling you. what he saw mm-hmm. and giving him an opportunity to express that by saying, tell me more. Anytime a child is like hurt or injured or upset or offended, tell me more is a, a great phrase Yes, uh, because then you can have a better perspective of where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if they hit another child, you're like, Oh, tell me more about why that happened. Yeah. And then, or why you hit Steve. Right. Um, Steve's my go-to name. I just pull it right <laughs> out. It's just right at the forefront of my mind. Um, and you'll learn a lot from the child. Yeah. Also help me understand is another good one for that. I think that they can be used in similar situations. Um, I use that a lot with my babies, my toddlers. Um, (laughs) help me understand what you want. We're on the same team. (laughs) Yeah. We're on the same team. I'm, I'm trying to help you. Um, but I don't, I don't know how right now. Yeah. So, and it's interesting how children, so the little girl I nanny for after school, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about her needing to get a haircut and she's been recently going to like a fancier salon with her mom and dad mm-hmm. or just her mom. Sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know where her dad gets his haircut and, uh, she's been going with her mom and she, her mom asked me to schedule her a haircut at the place that I take her to, which is like a children's haircut place. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I, I don't want to go there. I'm over that place. And like, was really like, nope, I'm not going. <laughs> and I was like, can you tell me more about that? And she's like, no, I'm just not going. And I was like, interesting. And so she refused. And so I said, can I tell you, can I tell you what I noticed? And she was like, okay. And her mom was in the kitchen with us. And I was like, I noticed last week on the way home from swimming, you and your friends were all talking about how now you go to fancy salons to get your hair cut. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if maybe you might feel sad or left out um, by if by having to go back to get your hair cut at a children's salon. If that's feeling un- uninteresting to you because you really like the idea 
of going with your friends yeah. um, and being kind of going to a fancier place. And she was like, yeah, that's it. And I was <laughs> like, that makes sense. I, I understand that when you feel like you're doing something special and then you don't want to go back to doing something less special. Right. And she was like, yeah. And her mom just looked at me like, wow, that was actually <laughs> not where I thought that was, you know, it yeah. sounds, it, cause it sounds like the child's just being difficult. Right. But when you pair it with the observation from last week or what have you, you're able to help the child understand because a lot of times they don't have these skills yet to really look at their own feelings reflectively. Right. A lot of adults don't have those skills yet. We're all learning We're all together. Learning. But We're yes. We're all in this <laughs> together. Yeah, yeah, One yeah, more time. We're all, We're all stars and we do it. <laughs> Uh, that well, was high beautiful. school, well, high school musical for you guys. Um, you don't say that <laughs> we aren't a musical podcast because <laughs> we just were for a minute. Um, wonderful. So, yes, I think that also the second part. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is true. These are facts. Um, yeah. These are facts. Uh, is uh, Im- Empathically, look at us. We're saying the word right so we far, one hundred percent of the time. Empathically listening to others' feelings and needs. So qualities of qualities of empathic listening mm-hmm. are presence, mm-hmm. focus, space, caring, verbal reflection of feelings and needs. So this is not something to be done <laughs> <laughs> as you are trying to get out the door. Uh, though you can, I was like, you can do that. You can. Um, but I would say when you are first practicing this, try to give yourself extra time. Yeah. Um, because it takes real focus Mm -hmm. and moments of connection. Yeah. It's essentially you're listening for the unmet need. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times humans aren't great at communicating what the unmet need is because either they're afraid to look themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, or because they just don't fully they haven't sat with their own feelings long enough to be able to be aware of what's going on with them really right so when you hear it you can reflect it back to them um and say like it sounds like you're feeling and that's always what you say you don't you don't assume you know right uh it sounds like you're feeling sad that your friends went off and played in a different part of the playground and left you by yourself it Mm -hmm. sounds like you felt like maybe they didn't want to play with you Mm -hmm. and then continuing on from there um, something that I really loved about the empathic listening, mm-hmm. uh, is Nailing that it. I know we're doing so good. <laughs> Do you notice the pause? Everyone <laughs> take a drink every time you hear yeah. us pause, unless, unless you're working and then don't do that. And or driving or operating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> unless you want to stay hydrated, you could choose water. Yeah. Take um, a drink of water. When you you're are welcome. listening empathically, you are an empty vessel. Mm-hmm. You're not listening to respond. You're not listening to um, say something back to them. You are just listening and trying to reflect back what they are feeling. Uh, something that I really loved in the book, I actually have the book open. So if you have the book, <laughs> turn to page 92 oh. uh, in chapter receiving empathically. Uh, they talk about there are some common behaviors that prevent us from being uh, present to connect. And they are the following. I'm going to read them to you. If that's okay with you, Martha. It's totally okay. okay. I'm also turned write, to page 92 okay, in my She's book. a great student. I did not write these words. These are directly from the book. Um, the first one is advising. So when someone tells you what's going on, you might say, I think you should. How come you didn't? That's advising and that doesn't help you connect. Nope. Uh, the second one is one-upping, which is that's nothing with you. Hear what happened to me. Uh, that also prevents you from hearing what the speaker is saying. Mm-hmm. Educating, uh, which is this could... 
you could turn this into a very positive experience if you just, uh, not helpful, actually kind of feels belittling, um, consoling, which is saying things like it wasn't your fault. You did the best you could storytelling. That reminds me of the time, uh, shutting down, cheer up. Don't feel so bad sympathizing oh you poor thing because that actually puts them in a it removes them from a place place of power which i think they talk about later they do um you're basically victimizing them uh interrogating when did this begin this is my big i really struggle with that because i'm like tell me all the things there is to know i'm going to ask you 100 million questions so i can feel like i truly understand you yeah Um, that's something i struggle with yeah it was a real hard one to stop uh because i'm like oh put me in the scene yeah (laughs) like pay me which way was the wind blowing (laughs) that day was the were the leaves rustling in the trees because i love to try to be Sherlock Holmes, but it's not listening is not exactly it's not about us he does not empathically no no he he listens to solve the problem uh explaining i would have called but like you're explaining why you weren't involved um or correcting is that's that's not how it happened uh and something i had told martha too is uh i after i read this book i had a person who is in my life a lot their friend and um anytime that person listened to another person who is trying to honestly express like basically agony over his his familial situation he was estranged basically from his dad and um his dad and his dad's new wife it was like a real or soon to be wife it was like a really bad situation his sister has like um sort of like a addiction mm-hmm. and um his dad and his dad's new wife were basically they were like his dad had always sort of abandoned him, I guess, um, mm-hmm. or had not been around, I should say. And um, that was really painful for this young man. And he was like, I feel like my dad has never wanted me. I put him up on a pedestal, but I think he's never really wanted to be in my life. And I have this amazing stepdad who really did. And um, this this other friend of ours who was there kept being like, your dad loves you. Your dad he's always there. He's like trying, like trying to cheer him up. It came from a place of positivity. And like later the, the other person went inside. I was like, Hey, like he's really trying to express like his feelings of hurt over this for like the first time ever. And like, it might be good if we just let him express all of that. Right. Because you have to drain that emotional wound. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I understand you're, you're really trying to make him feel better. And that's like so lovely. Uh, maybe we could do that a different time because I think he really wants to talk about his hurt feelings and um, wants to know somebody understands him. Yeah. And uh, it was really interesting to see how desperately that other person really wanted to like cheer him up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm, I guess. and that it feels bad to let yeah. other people sit in their discomfort, but we're not, again, we're not responsible for the feelings of others nope. and all we can do and honestly, one of the best things we can do is allow them to feel it mm-hmm. and allow them to feel it in a way where they're not alone and they know that they've been heard. Right. Yeah. And, we and can they do this. are safe. Yes. And in we, expressing that with yeah, you. Totally. We do this for children too. When, even when they're not saying anything, when they're just crying, looking at them and saying, oh, you're so sad. You are so sad right now. You really miss your mom. Right. And then I've had it happen before where a child just shuts off and stops crying. And they were yeah, like, they looked me at too. me like, oh. And then it was like, that was that, you know, I will never forget that. It was really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely happened for me as well. Um, Yeah. And so, right. It's not about advising or Mm -hmm. fixing 
or consoling or storytelling or sympathizing or analyzing or yeah. explaining. Yeah. It's literally listening and reflecting Absolutely. the feelings back. Yes. And they might be unspoken feelings. Yes. Oftentimes they will be. Yes. They'll be ta- it sounds like they're talking about something else, but when you're really listening mm-hmm. to understand how someone's feeling... Um, it's really like they talk about people who continue to say the same thing over and over again. There's actually some kind of unmet need or feeling that needs to be acknowledged that has Mm -hmm. never been acknowledged before. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, uh, we can also, once we've worked with kids for long enough and we have trust, we can also ask them, Mm -hmm. um, do you want me to help you? Oh yeah. Solve this problem? Do you want me to listen yeah. to you? Do you want me to The answer is never to solve the problem. Right. <laughs> it's uh I would guess at least, because most of the time the children are able to solve the problem themselves. Mm-hmm. Um and I think while they might want help, I think I, you're really good at this, Martha. Martha's always like, Aren't you glad I don't believe that you can't do that? <laughs> um the children often Thank can you. figure out the best solution. You might be able to advise them at some point. Right. Um, or say like, you know, if it was me, uh, but a lot of times they'll just ask you if they want you to. Yes. And you don't need to offer them advice or input. And it, we don't need to rob them of that experience <laughs> of solving the problem themselves. Yes. Uh, I know women are especially uh, often complain about the men in their life who are mm-hmm. trying to solve their problems. They're like, I just want you to listen. Right. Um, I don't need you to tell me how to talk to my boss about this problem <laughs> I'm having. Um, but if you think about you and your closest friends, like I go to Martha all the time. I'm like, could you look at this for me and tell me what you think I yeah. should change? So if I'm looking for input, I will seek it out. Right. Yeah, and right. I think that's the same for children too. I do too. A lot of kids will be like, I don't need any help. And you're like, okay, well I'm here if you need help. And then they'll be like, okay, I need some help. <laughs> right. They know, they know yeah. when to ask. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and no matter what is said, mm-hmm. only hear the feelings, needs, observations, mm-hmm. and requests. Yeah, that's what so, they're really looking for. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think going in with that lens, though, helps you to not hear the um, the armor mm-hmm. that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to not get confused with the, yeah. I hate Sally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like you're really angry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me more about your feelings towards Sally. Um, have you found personally, Martha, mm-hmm. uh, when you started this, that pe- some people were surprised or resistant to how you were speaking to them? Yes. I did. Yeah. Especially adults, not yeah. necessarily children. Yeah. Um, I found some people were like uh, almost offended, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think he talks about it in the book, too. It's like sometimes people <laughs> think that you're trying to. Um, act like their therapist or what have you, mm-hmm. um, probably because they're the only people who have ever <laughs> empathically listened to them before and not, right. but, um, it is, it's interesting to see some people are very resistant mm-hmm. to it because they're afraid you're trying to manipulate them or, um, and he kind of talks about this in the book too, is, uh, people who have been manipulated in the past, yes. especially in their, you know, family of origin, they are inclined to hear requests as demands, no matter how you phrase them, because uh, uh, he talks about it too. The you can tell if something's a request or a demand, because if you request it and the person says no, you don't guilt them, you don't shame them, you accept that their answer is no, and that's mm-hmm. the end of the discussion. Right for that time, you know, like you don't come back and try to like cajole them into it. Like 
You just let their answer be their answer. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to manipulate the situation afterwards, you actually were not making a request. You were making a demand. Yes. Yeah. And I also will say in that same vein, I have found that people who um, unconsciously but try to bring you into their spirals, Mm -hmm. um, their emotional (laughs) spirals, when you are actually... Um, empathically listening to them, yeah. they can't bring you into their spirals because yeah. you're just like, I'm observing yeah. this that you feel this I'm way. I'm a wall. I'm a yeah. wall that listens to you yeah. lovingly. And so yeah. they can't, um, in psychology, we call it transference. They mm-hmm. can't transfer or project onto you mm-hmm. because you are literally a wall. Yeah. Um, and so... But not a wall in a closed-off way. Yeah. A wall, like a warm, a, loving wall, a like warm, a snuggly wall. Yeah, like a sand dune like a, or something. Like a wall that loves them and yeah. wants the best for them. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, but I have found that 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 is uh, a common reaction that I get of people being like, "Well, um, but yeah, it's didn't funny. you see? She said this about you," and I'm like wow, it sounds like she's feeling really overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and modeling that for your the kids you nanny for too and um, when they're struggling with peers, mm-hmm. like, wow, she must be really going through some tough stuff yeah. because she sounds like she's really struggling to, f- to feel confident in herself. Yeah. You know? And the kids, it's really interesting to see how they shift their mindset mm-hmm. of the, ch- the other child mm-hmm. um, and how they're less likely to be pulled into the emotional... Um, kind of abuse that other children who are struggling might try to pull them into so they can feel powerful. Uh, they kind of are like, okay, like, wow, I'm sorry that this is the way I feel. Like I'm, this is, I, I'm sorry. I can't help you, you know, and they don't let it affect their confidence, which is Mm -hmm. really special. Actually. What a wonderful gift. Yeah. Yeah. And also (laughs) with adults, like, Oh yeah. I have a friend who, pretty frequently complains about um, a group of coworkers mm-hmm. that um, talk in a way they they talk about going on dates to get free stuff Ooh, a lot which yeah, yeah. and so um, and my reaction is frequently oh how how sad that money is the way that they see love yeah. being exchanged and how uh, well, I guess because like gifts, love language right. of gifts, different though. But how different. sad too that they feel like they don't have enough that right. they need to, or it sounds to me they feel so unvaluable, right? That or yeah, no, because invaluable means like so right. cherished. I was like, did I say that right? Yeah, uh, they feel so worthless. I'll say mm-hmm. to not confuse myself um, mm-hmm. that they need to have a visible sign of their worth, right? Because the way society tells us we're worth something as women is that men or other women will spend money on us Mm -hmm. to be able to date us. That's how we are translated into feelings of worth. Right. If the media has its way with us. (laughs) Uh, And so it it is sad. Yeah. It's sad because really what that's saying is like they have a lack of confidence in themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that their worth lies deeper than that. And what's truly worthy about them is not, can't really be shown in financial gain yes. through the act of dating. Right. Yeah. And, you know, then in analyzing it with my friend, I was like, I can imagine that their parents also yeah. showed love for them in similar ways mm-hmm. of 
presence instead of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, present. Yeah. <laughs> instead of presence. Gifts instead of being yeah. present. And, I think um, you nailed it the first time. I totally understood <laughs> what you were saying. Great. I tried to speak very clearly. She was um, an actor. She I is an actor. Well, kind yeah. of was. <laughs> she was slash is an actor. <laughs> but yeah. And so my friend was like but that takes all the fun out of it for me and I'm like why are you being this way so (laughs) evolved and mature (laughs) when we put other people into categories and distance ourselves from their feelings and needs it's easier yeah but it doesn't make the world better yes and and truly it doesn't make you feel better right uh because when you feel when you feel unlovable as a human you behave in ways that make you less lovable mm-hmm. so if you there uh, what's the name there's probably a name for it in psychology that i can't think of it's like when you feel like you're an outsider you start behaving in ways that isolate you from the group um con- i mean it's confirmation bias yeah. a little bit like yeah. looking around and being like i I am not worth anyone paying attention to me. And so so, I'm going to be worthless. Yeah. And Um, so then as soon as like one person doesn't give you the attention you Mm -hmm. are needing, then you're like, we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not worth it. So I'm going to go ahead and be over here because nobody wants to talk to me. So you, but you you distance yourself from the group intentionally because mm -hmm. of feeling that you are not a part of the group. Right. So you're actually perpetuating that cycle and also when you are in that mindset and looking and assigning judgment to your observations Mm -hmm. um so evaluating instead of Mm -hmm. observing you will find what you're looking for oh yeah Um, 100 percent of the time so you always find even if you are saying i'm worthless and somebody comes over and like shares a candy bar Mm -hmm. your brain will forget because that because <laughs> they did it because they feel so bad for right. me because I'm worthless yeah yeah so yeah and in doing that even when you're talking to yourself it's going to bleed out in how you interact Absolutely. with other humans um that also sounds like another part of this book where mm-hmm. they talk about like blocks to um empathic listening which are the first one's moral judgment of mm-hmm. deciding someone's right or wrong uh, the second one is making comparisons between mm-hmm. people, either yourself and them or two people who have had similar situations. And the third one is denial of responsibility. Ooh. I know. And here's the bad news, friends, is you're responsible for your feelings. So denial of responsibility <laughs> tends to have to do with people that you love and know and you're involved in the conflict with. Uh-huh. Isn't that uncomfortable? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and when you refuse to look at the ways that you have... Um, push the situation along a little bit further, Mm -hmm. then you are not able to listen to the other person. Right. And they have like countless examples in the book of like husbands and wives who, uh, it's like the issue is like, I think the one is like a paycheck. She won't, he Mm -hmm. won't let her write checks. Right. And, um, she had like bounced the bounced several paychecks early in their marriage. So for like 20 years or something like that, yeah, he has not let her have any control of the finances and she feels kind of like belittled by it, of course, and mm-hmm. like, or like not an equal partner, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're talking about it and they're working through this situation with the author of the book. And he says, like, I have a, I have a need for safety and security. Mm-hmm. And I fear that we will go into financial ruin mm-hmm. because of my childhood or whatever he's saying. Um, and so because of my need for safety and security, I, I feel better when I have control of the finances mm-hmm. and the author's like, okay, what can you reflect back to me, to the wife? Like what he said, 
She's like, yeah, he thinks I can't do it. I'm not good at the math or something like that. Like, <laughs> right. it's all about her. She's de- she's defensive. She's mm-hmm. hearing him as blaming her. But really, she, he was like, that's not what he said. Right. Listen again. Mm-hmm. And because what he's really saying is I feel scared. Mm-hmm. I feel unsafe. I feel afraid. And it's because of something else. And I have a deep need for security and safety right. financially for us and our family. Um, Cause I've seen it lead to divorce or whatever he says in the book. I it's, it's been over yeah. a year since I read it folks. Um, <laughs> and she's nailing it. She's not even looking you. at the book for thank you. right now. Um, and so he's talking about this and they have to go back and forth. And he's like, once people actually hear the needs, like really it's hear the needs, it 20 takes 20 minutes. minutes. That's what he says. Yep. 20 minutes for them to understand each other and come to a peaceful resolution, yep. which is amazing. And they had been struggling with this for 20 years. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. And so, a way to take responsibility for um, our feelings is saying, uh, I am disappointed because I would like companionship. Mm-hmm. So, Or I'm sad. I wouldn't yeah. even say disappointed because that says, you disappointed me. Yeah. yeah. Well, but this is one of the examples. You're like, <laughs> you're like Katie, it's written right here. But you're right. But we're leveling but instead, up here. Let's level up. Yes. Um, but instead of you never want to spend time with me. Why are you so selfish? Mm-hmm. Which is so, <laughs> so <problematic> violent yeah. <laughs> on so many different levels. Yeah. Um, but yes. So, uh, I, I am sad because I, I, wanted, I have a need for companionship. Yeah, I have a yeah. need for companionship and I, I was feeling hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it didn't work yeah. out the way that I was hoping. Yeah. Um, next time. Yeah. Next time. Could would we you be willing to, yeah. or could we yeah. try this? Could we spend 45 minutes together before we watch a show? 45 minutes talking before we, about our days before we watch a show or, um, what have you some, that's an example for more of, for an adult. Although you could say it with a kid. If the kid is, you feel like the kid is not paying attention right? and you want to connect with the child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could. Um, so just to clarify a need versus a request, Yeah, a need is a universal human quality without reference to place, person, or time. Yeah. Um, so if you are finding that you are referring to another person needs to do something yeah. or that's not a need, that's, not that's a actually need. more of a demand. Yeah. You, that's more if of you a need it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and a request is a specific strategy to meet a need that usually involves a particular person doing something at a particular time. Very specific thing. So a request would be like, would you be willing to meet me? Uh, at 2 p.m. today at Williams Restaurant for a cup of coffee and conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you say no, <laughs> then we can work on other times yeah. and places. Yeah. Um, so that is a request, not a need. Uh, just to clarify that. I feel like you clarified beautifully. Thank you. It feels very clear over here. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and then back to the um, empathic listening. Yeah. Uh, there, he talks... Marshall uh, Rosenberg talks about the four ears oh, yeah. that we listen with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's listening and blaming others mm-hmm. um, with how we listen. So um, like if person A says, 
how dare you walk out of the room when I'm talking? You inconsiderate SOB. Uh, (laughs) You can't, or you just can't stand to hear the truth. So a blaming one Mm -hmm. might be me, the SOB. How about you? You're the one who started all this in the first place. You are so self-righteous telling me I'm inconsiderate. You never thought about another human being besides yourself. Uh, Notice the use of never there as well. Yeah, yeah those absolute words. Uh, there's a lot of you in there. It's not yeah. I language. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. Name calling. Which name is calling. Never great. Never. Yeah. Never great. Um, look at me with the absolutes. Yeah. Name calling only adds gasoline to the fire. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Yes. Uh, or there's also blaming ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to be disrespectful I it's just that I don't know what to do I never know what to do or what to say I feel so worthless Mm -hmm. so if we put ourselves down that's a um coping mechanism yeah and a defense mechanism of like I'm gonna put myself down before you can yeah that was my main move (laughs) before I read this book yeah and so if you find yourself doing that then reconsider yeah Um, don't anymore (laughs) um but uh a positive way that you can hear is sensing our own feelings or Mm -hmm. needs so when i hear you say that i feel hurt Mm -hmm. because i'm needing respect and to be seen for who i am Mm -hmm. i really need some space because i'm in a lot of pain right now Mm -hmm. would you be willing to tell me what you just heard me say Mm -hmm. so then you are really checking in Mm -hmm. with the other person Mm -hmm. and so if they're like i heard you say that you hate me (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. okay Okay, let's try again i'm gonna (laughs) They yeah. also say uh, in the book, uh, Marshall Rosenberg says, uh, when you make a request for someone to reflect back your feeling, reflect back your feelings to you or mm-hmm. what you said, uh, you can also encounter some resistance. Yeah. So um, something, and I have before after using this, and I said, I'm I'm afraid I'm not expressing myself clearly. Uh-huh. Could you please tell me what you th- what you heard mm-hmm. when I said this? Um, and that sometimes takes it off the weight off of their shoulders. Like it's not a pop quiz, right? There's no F minus here. Like, I'm just curious if I, if what I'm trying to express is crossing over from my lips to your like ears. I just don't know if I'm doing a, a thorough enough job of expressing what is going on with me. Yeah. And so making it about you and not the other person takes a lot off of the other person. They're less likely to be defensive. You're more mm-hmm. likely to not get what you want, but get what you want. Right. Um, because uh, you're not attacking them, so they're mm-hmm. able to hear you. Right. Yeah. In a very deep way. Yeah. Um, and then the final ear <laughs> uh, is um, sensing others' feelings or needs. Mm-hmm. So are you feeling angry and wanting respect mm-hmm. or to be heard? Mm-hmm. Um, so coming back with that instead of... Uh, you SOB. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of the first one that we heard. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that is, if you are blaming anyone, including yourself, Mm -hmm. it's probably not nonviolent communication. Um, So just have a red flag for that. Um, Great. So let's talk about that last step of requests. um, Because I think that we can get caught up in what we think is a request, but it's actually a demand mm-hmm. <laughs> um, from time to time. Yeah. So in making a request, we honor no just as much as we honor yep. yes. And we talked about that a little bit before of yeah. 
sometimes when you start using this, especially with adults who have yeah. experience um, in not being fully heard. Yeah, their or, nose not respected. Yeah. Which is a boundary issue. It is a boundary issue. Um, so this is an example. Um, is So these are not my words. Um, if you <laughs> you said, I'd really like to understand your needs so we can work this problem out. Would you be willing to talk about it right now for five minutes? Mm-hmm. So that puts a like a boundary around it yeah. so they know that they're not going to be caught there. It's not going to be a whole summit, weekend-long right. summit. It's just <laughs> yeah. five minutes. Are you willing to give me five minutes? And uh, then it says, Mary says, I don't want to talk now. Um, and so you would say, are you exhausted and want to get some rest? which is reflecting their feelings and needs. Um, And Mary says, no, I just want to sit here and be left alone. Um, And then you say, so you just want to be with yourself right now. Um, Mary, yeah, just leave me alone. You, I want to trust that we will work this out soon. Would you be willing to talk this afternoon after lunch? Mary, maybe so, but not now. And you, okay, I will check with you after lunch. Yeah, perfect. So in I already feel relaxed about that. I'm like, yes, I I might be. And also, isn't it true that when people don't force us to give them what they want, you're more willing to give it to them? Yes. Yeah. We see that all the time with kids taking turns where we're like, when they ask, like, can I use it when you're done? And then you say, sure. And you'd say, when will that be? And then they'll say like five minutes. You're like, great. Should I set a timer? And the kids are like, yeah. Uh-huh. When you set a timer often, like nine times out of 10, you walk away and the kid shares before the timer's up. Yes. Because they're like, oh, I didn't have to, for- they didn't force me to yeah. give it to him. So whatever, I'm done with this now. Right. And they willingly give it over. Yes. Yeah. And so you are also respecting your own needs mm-hmm. because you do want to talk in this situation. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the issue yeah. at hand. And so, yeah, you're not like making yourself a second class right. citizen in the relationship. You're not like, okay, well then I guess we're never going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. We'll don't, we don't need to talk about this issue. Yeah. Um, so requests, here's some ways to check if it's actually a request mm-hmm. or if it's a demand or something else. Um, requests are clear, positive and immediately doable. Mm-hmm. Um, so example of a clear request is would you meet me for coffee at 3 30 tomorrow at the downtown coffee shop very clear yes versus would you have a conversation with me sometime yeah it's like oh yeah sure whatever when yeah (laughs) yeah fine um that's really vague and it's not uh, you won't really know when that has happened because it's not clear um positive would you be willing to explore with me what your what needs of yours are met by smoking yeah versus would you stop smoking yeah um because that's putting it in a negative light versus what needs are you meeting through smoking like help me understand again that's coming at it from a place of curiosity instead of it really is i'm right and you're wrong Yeah. yeah um and then doable is would you be willing to tell me what you just heard me say versus would you listen to me um listen yeah like i am listening to you yeah and what do you think i'm doing right now yeah, yeah. it's not observable and yeah doable um it's doable but you can't tell you can't like you what's the it's something that it's we, not tangible yes it's intangible. like you can't you can't assume that it's happening you can't see it happening yes so it's not measurable yeah. right so for that fourth step you want to request and a no is just as meaningful as a yes, mm-hmm. 
But I liked in the example that they gave, and I'm going to give you the website if you want this handout that I'm kind of using it's to like a condensed help guide version us. It's of a the condensed book. version of the book. It's beautiful. Um, and I'll give you that at the end, and it'll also be in the show notes. Um, but if you uh, make a request and they say no, and their no doesn't meet one of your needs, then you can say, I am needing to f- have a time that we can work this out right. or I'm needing to revisit this sometime. Mm-hmm. So can we try? Let, can I ask you again tomorrow? Yeah. Can I ask you again tomorrow? Can I try after your nap? Can mm-hmm. I, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. Um, but thinking about that. Yeah, totally. Um, and then also I just quickly, cause we've talked about it in several other podcasts, but just wanted to touch on appreciation versus compliments. Yeah. Um, Pascal talks about this a lot, mm-hmm. um, in her power struggles mm-hmm. one, um, episode, but so appreciation <laughs> is, um, what's alive in ourselves, our feelings and needs met, um, stimulated by the other person's actions. Right. So, um, they are specific mm-hmm. about what the other person has done and how it made you feel and how it made you yeah. feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're not assigning intention yeah. on top of it. Yeah. It's uh, it is really powerful when you start to think people this way. My, mm-hmm. um, I don't, have we done a podcast on the five love languages? I don't think so. We should do that for okay, kids. Okay, great. Um, my love language is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, it's especially, I'm like, yes, okay, you love me, but tell me specifically what. <laughs> um, and so it's especially effective for me. And also I found that even for people who it's not their love language, mm-hmm. to be like, thank you so much for checking in on me today. It really makes me feel valued and cared for. It helps me to feel less alone mm-hmm. in this, whatever you're struggling with. Um, and it, it actually reinforces whatever that behavior was from that other person because they know the value that they have added to your life, like why it was important to you as opposed to like, oh, nice shirt. Like, well, what's nice about it? Do you like the cut of it? Do you like the color? Do you like the pattern? Tell yeah. me more. Um, tell me more, (laughs) tell me, tell me all the things. Um, so that's, that's very helpful. And when you start thanking people that way, um, and showing your appreciation that way, you're going to see a a really interesting marked difference in how they receive your appreciation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so all this to say, a compliment is the opposite of that Mm -hmm. or not necessarily the opposite, but on it's like more generic yeah yeah. a positive judgment of the other person so Mm -hmm. you're really great or and that's again labeling and Mm -hmm. even if it's a positive label labels are harmful yeah well it creates pressure too when we first learned that in the early childhood classes i had taken they talk about praise junkie it's praise Mm -hmm. versus encouragement in that world right um encouragement is specific it is not about it's about the process not about the product Mm -hmm. um and praise is the opposite. And when you have a praise junkie, like I had once, I had just learned it. I went to a rehearsal. I was still an actor then. <laughs> and um, <laughs> my director, we were like exploring this scene. And she was like, that was perfect. That's exactly what it should be. And then I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what if I never do it that way again? Right. On, what if I can never recapture that moment? And then I was like, oh, look, that's what we were talking about in class. It's exactly the same as when you're like, that's great. Then you've created this 
expectation, like anything less than that is unvaluable, 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 worthless. Yeah. I'm just going to stick with that. Worthless. Yeah. I got myself confused. <laughs> I got myself a little bit lost. It's not valuable to you. Right. But, uh, the only way, and then they, the child is focused on recreating that, like recapturing that to the fault of their authenticity, um, are sacrificing their authenticity for whatever the act is. And so you create this like cycle of dishonesty Mm -hmm. or hiding in many ways by not allowing space for variation. Right. Right. Um, and so it says on here, um, expressing gratitude has three steps. Um, which it, we kind of modeled, mm-hmm. but I just want to. Yes, we love it. We love the equations. I know you said um, it's not an equation. It's not an equation. I'm but definitely an equation girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first step is what specifically did the other person do that enriched your life? Um, step two is how do you feel now as you recall what they did? Mm-hmm. And then step three is what need of yours was met by what they did? Mm-hmm. So really, um, hammering all of that out will help you express gratitude in a very specific way that is appreciation instead of a compliment. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's really powerful to express gratitude to a child in this way. Totally. So much of, we just expect them to fall in line essentially Mm -hmm. and do whatever, um, we ask them to. Right. But the reality is, is they're still little people and mm-hmm. they have feelings and um, giving them space to say no to you, encouraging them and um, appreciating them when they uh, do something kind for you. Mm-hmm. It's really special. It really yeah. is. And to let them know, I mean, you're basically giving them, you're giving them the equation. <laughs> right. Of being like, oh, it made me feel so special that, and, and listened to that you heard me say I was cold before I went to the bathroom and then I came out and you brought me my slippers. That was very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Made me feel so loved. Thank you for doing that. You didn't have to do that. Right. I can tell you were really thinking about that. And yeah. like, that's like, Oh great. That's, that's <laughs> thinking about another person, listening to them, thinking about them and seeing if I can help them in some way is meaningful to other humans. You're giving them the answer. Right. Yeah. And I'm just quickly going to do a little plug for uh, apologies are also three steps. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is saying you are sorry, mm-hmm. being specific about what you did that you are sorry for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how you plan to fix it. Yeah. The plan to fix it yeah. is so important. We also, uh, in my school, we don't actually make them apologize, but when mm-hmm. they choose to, we, it's you say why you're sorry, what you did. Mm-hmm. You say why it was wrong. Uh-huh. Um, you tell them what you'll do in the future, and then you ask for forgiveness. Yes. And then if they say not right now, that's a valid answer. Right. And you have to accept that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a really interesting process. It's, it's powerful if you do it. If you actually do it, it's very powerful. Yes. Yeah. And I think modeling that, just like modeling uh, three-step yeah. gratitude is yeah. uh, is key. Yeah. Because I agree in not forcing children to apologize. Yeah. You want I, them to feel the remorse. Right. But I think that um, if we model it, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we just are like, sorry. Yeah. Most of, uh, there's some quote somewhere that was like, I think it was on my Pinterest. It's, you know, Pinterest is like, here's some things that might be interesting uh-huh. to you. And one of them who was, cause I pin a lot of things about kids crafts and teaching is that mm-hmm. Pinterest board of mine. And, um, one said, don't be upset that your children don't listen to you. Be afraid that they're always watching you. Yeah. And I was like, whoo, <laughs> whoo, whoo, whoo. 
yes, that is a that's some real talk. They're that's real talk watching, and that's how they learn. And yep. if there's a discrepancy in between what between what you say needs to be done and what you're actually doing, they're always going to choose what you're actually doing. Yep, because that's what they've seen modeled. Yes, um, got to play the long game. You do. <laughs> um, okay, so quickly, I just want to wrap up the yes. uh, the four parts of the non-violent communication process because we've been talking and we've gone into them so now as we zoom out I want just to reiterate all of them of the communicating your feel of expressing yourself yeah so you say an observation so when I see when I hear when I remember when I um imagine although like I said I think imagination can get you into tricky Mm -hmm. situations so (laughs) be careful with that one but it is included in here a lot um so you start with that when I observe yeah um and then you say your feelings I feel etc etc uh and then you say your needs because I need or I value etc etc and then your request would you be willing to Mm -hmm. try this um so those are the four steps and like we said in the beginning it's not like you you could nail all of those and still not quite nail the process yeah it it's a process it's a process (laughs) isn't that annoying it's a process right i was uh yeah isn't it frustrating when your to-do list just always keeps going. That's adulthood. <laughs> so is this. This is yes. just a continual attempt. Um, and some days you're going to do great. Even some minutes you're going to do great. Right. And other minutes you won't. And they talk about that in the book too. Is it's uh, This woman's like held at knife point basically. And she's able to empathically listen to this man who's like going to threatening to kill her mm-hmm. um, essentially or hurt her. And she's telling her parents about it. And her mom sort of says something and she's like, you always do this. And she was like, she said to the author, she's like, so isn't it interesting that it's easier to do it with strangers than it is to do with the people we love most in this world. Yeah. And it's like those kinds of established behavior patterns are hard to shake up. They are. And so uh, give yourself a lot of credit for even trying. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that also, I, I listened to, um, I'm pretty sure it was a hidden brain Mm -hmm. about, uh, that same phenomenon Mm -hmm. happening, uh, with a group of people were drinking on their back patio and someone came I, up to it was in was it invisibilia it was it an npr yeah, one yeah i just referenced this the other yeah. day go and they, go well, tell they, them <laughs> we're they like, were yeah they were drinking wine and um somebody came up and wanted to steal yeah, from them at gunpoint at gunpoint and they um offered him a glass of wine and, and he sat down and they all had a conversation and then he walked away it was flipping the script i'm yeah. almost 100 yes. percent sure it was invisibilia yes I know it was an NPR one. I used to listen. It was two years ago. I listened to it. I was marathon training. It all comes. It's all rushing back. (laughs) I can remember where I was, what I was, what park I was running through. Um, Wonderful. Well, uh, if you are listening and you have more questions about all of this, because it's a huge topic. Um, and we have just begun to touch on it. Like over 200 pages worth. Yes, at least. Um, I would really highly recommend getting Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. Um, But you can also get a very condensed version because I do know that we all are leading busy lives. What? (laughs) And uh, sometimes reading or listening to something doesn't 
fit into our schedule right away and we want to try to start using it as soon as possible um so if you visit www.basileia.org they have a condensed version that's from the center for nonviolent communication and it has a lot of the same words as the book um but it's in a it's 14 pages Mm -hmm. so um a lot shorter than the (laughs) 203 something pages exactly yeah um and if you heard something in here that you would like to ask us more about mm-hmm. um, or want us to research, because Katie and I both love. We're such nerds. We're such it's nerds. so good. We and love it's it. great. Um, that please email in to chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. And an- Nania is spelled N-A-N-N-Y-A. So email in. I would love to hear from you about questions or even just like, I use this and it worked for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or it didn't work because, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, I, I love hearing from listeners. So please do not hesitate to mm-hmm. email in. I will never, um, well, that's an absolute. I, I cannot imagine a time where I'm not going to be happy to receive yeah, an yeah. email from a listener. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent. Is there anything else that you would like to add, Katie? I don't think so. I think that this is a big big adventure you're starting out on uh and i think that you definitely have the skills to do it it's gonna be like any great adventure it's (laughs) not gonna go perfectly according to plan and that's okay and that is a-okay yep uh wonderful well we end each episode with a cute funny story and i have brought one it's been a while (laughs) i've brought one um and this one isn't a particular story um of a one moment in time, but something that I am going through in my nanny days <laughs> right now. She's just going through it um, all the time. All the time. So my nanny kids are at the point where they have some words, but not all the words that they want in their same. <laughs> Honestly, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they, and their desires are becoming much more specific. Mm-hmm. So instead of, just wanting water they want water out of the blue cup mm-hmm. with the blue top <laughs> or yellow that's a big word for us right now is yellow um and so i have been trying <laughs> to understand their desires um and the specificity of their desires <laughs> but it can be trying at times and yep. i have um, found reward and sticking with it in that when I do get exactly what they wanted, they throw a little dance party. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nanny share, but they really will. They'll like dance a little, um, do a little booty shake. Like (laughs) literally a happy dance. Yeah. Yeah. Literally a happy dance when we all figure it out, um, together. And, I just encourage everyone to take the time to hear the specificity in what our kids are saying, because a lot of times in order to get through our busy Mm -hmm. day, we're like, you just, you need water. I get it. (laughs) And it's like, no, 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 we can honor them and see them and hear them in a very deep way. Take the time to listen. When we take the time to listen. Totally. 
And also the other adults in our life. Yes. Because we're all just children on the inside. Yes. I had a teacher who said that once where she was like, you know, it makes it so much easier to deal with um, adults who aren't acting in a way that you enjoy <laughs> is imagining them as a child and yeah. thinking, what is, what is this? What's the unmet need basically? Right. What is this person really needing that's making them act this way? Because, mm-hmm. uh, if you subscribe to the ideology that we're all doing the best we can at the time with the skills we have, Mm -hmm. it really changes your ability to look at people with compassion. Yes. Yeah. And knowing that your children, your nanny children are trying their hardest and they have all the same feelings we have as adults. Right. It gives you a lot of space to (laughs) be patient and keep on trying. It really does. It really does. And yeah, stay curious everyone. Yeah. Cause that's, that's really serving to what, we are trying to do absolutely uh wonderful well thank you so much katie my pleasure thank you and thank you all for listening we'll see you in a couple weeks chronicles of nania is produced and hosted by martha reddick artwork by noni amadon theme music by brad kemp find him at secondbedroomstudio.com follow us on facebook and instagram at chronicles of nania and on twitter at nania podcast to contact us email chronicles of nania at gmail.com Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.